0: Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. So, I do have uh, something I want to share with you. I We had an incredible time of... Uh, prayer and fasting this week. And uh, I don't know why this isn't coming up. There it goes. And uh, uh, I, I just appreciate all that goes on. It would be a crime. And I know there's some of you that I'm your favorite preacher. Okay. That's okay. Uh, I, I don't mind that at all. But if you think that the Spirit of God has to flow through me only, you're, you're going to miss out on something. And and uh, I know I have gifting, and I know that I, you know, but I'm telling you, God is doing a work among us. This local assembly, and I'm just asking for you to pay attention. And And more than anything else, don't be selfish. Don't. Because if you're going to be selfish, you're going to miss what God is doing. All right? Um, Just some incredible things. Such a great report about last Sunday, Monday at the track. uh, You know, well, what's going on? God's fixing to multiply the ministry and its effect among us. And I'm going to tell you what he's going to do, and you may not like this, but uh, he is going to share his glory with us. We can still be humble and be a spectacle. And I'm telling you, unless you're willing to be a spectacle, you're not going to let the power of God flow through you. uh, I got so much to say, but I'm going to let that just sit. So what if God wants to elevate us? We get an idea that He's always wanting us to be. I'm telling you God wants to elevate you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to pull you out of your shame. He wants to pull you out of your sin. He wants to put you in a place where you share the glory of God with Him. And, and man, oh man, I'm telling you I just, some things are clicking here. And uh Just be ready for for what's ahead, and I'm going to tell you what will keep us grounded, because there's some people that cannot handle the glory of God, and I don't think any one of us can on our own, but because of the unity of the Spirit, it's going to be what keeps us grounded uh, in that fellowship. I just love Marge's rebuke today. That was awesome. I did not tell her to say anything. Okay? But you that have not been here for a while, that's, that's a heart of somebody who cares about you. It's not, you have to be in church. You don't. You get to choose. But man, oh man, I, I, this is family. And, and, and some of you, you know, I have blood relatives. I love them, but, but I have relationships here that are Deeper. Uh, because of our Father. And I just, and I'm thankful, thankful. But I'm, I'm glad you said all that. And uh, you said it with such kindness. And uh, I just, I love it. And uh, there. All right, let me give you this. I'm reading from Revelations chapter 3. And starting at verse number uh, 7. And uh, I, I just, I got time. I'm going to read down to verse 22, but I'm going to stop for just a few in a few spots. It says, "Write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, uh, the Holy One, the True One, the One who has the key of David." What is the key of David? Anybody ever hear of the key of David? I mean, it's not really something that's really sharply defined in the Scripture, but I just want to pause here for a moment and talk about. Uh, uh, what key David had. You see, David was born, and and there is a good, uh, uh, I've heard it spoken, and a good chance that David was an illegitimate child, right, of Jesse. And um, there, there were certain things about that in the law that were just a part of, you know, you didn't, Uh, You weren't blessed if that was the case. And David, uh, um, when he he was told, when Jesse was told one of your sons is going to be anointed king, he didn't even bring David in. Seven of his sons go up and and finally uh, uh, the prophet says to to Jesse, David's father, don't you have any other? He said, well, I got one kid. He's out in the field, you know. So here, here's what I believe, with all my heart, the key of David is. In a time when the law ruled, when, when it was about rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, there was a kid on, 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 out in the pasture that, that began to just worship God, just began to think about the glory of God. And he entered into a place of grace when the law ruled. Because he didn't have rules, but he had a relationship. It wasn't do's and don'ts. It wasn't lists of things I got to do. But it was he just somehow, the glory of God, he he saw it. He he connected with that faith. And he just began to praise him. If you see all the Psalms and the praises of David, if you want, if there is a key to entering into the presence of God, and there is, it is that kind of praise. It is that key of David. It's not, it's not, oh, I've done A, B, C, and D, and now I get to do this. It's the idea of the, that, that just that faith-filled worship. And I, I believe that was the key of David. And so it says, uh, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will closes, close, and he closes and no one opens says, this is it he says, I know your works because you have limited strength. You've kept my word. You've not denied my name. Look, I've placed before you an open door so that no one is able to close. He says, take note. I just, I want to say this with me, an open door. Okay, he's placed before the church an open door. All right, uh, We can can read the rest of that. I I probably should, but I'm not going to be for the sake of time. Let me go down to verse number 14. Write to the angel of the church of Laodicea, the amen, the faithful, the true witness. The originator of God's creation says, I know your works, that you are neither hot or cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither uh, hot or cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's pretty descriptive, right? He says, "...because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy and need nothing, and you don't know that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so you may be dressed, and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, an ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see." As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be committed and repent. Listen. I stand at the door and knock. Can you imagine Jesus being in a church, having to stand at the door and knock to get in? But yet, I'm. There are churches all over the place where I don't even believe he's invited, but they name the name. They have the name. But they, they're not allowing him to do what he would have to do. So, there's two different churches here. One, the Church of Philadelphia, the Lord has put before them an open door. And another church where there is so closed up that he's on the outside knocking to get in. Now there's a couple things. I realize that individually there are some of you here today that have never opened the door to Jesus. You know, I know that. Are there some of you here today that there is an open door before you? You know, maybe you've already opened the door. But but in in these churches in Philadelphia and Laodicea, I want you to see the the collective nature of the way God dealt with the church. It wasn't... I, I realize that every one of us have to make an individual choice. And it's powerful when you choose to repent of your sin, to, to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of all. That is a powerful, powerful uh, 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 act of faith, right? But that alone does not necessarily cause you to, it doesn't cause you to enter into the kingdom. It causes you to go in that direction. Literally, to me, that's when, he, you know, you open your heart to Him. You literally, He stands, how many of you have felt Him knock? right? You have to open that door. Anybody ever have Jesus breaking in on you? No, the devil does that all the time. He forces things. He brings addiction on people and, and, and just uh, presses. And, and, and as soon as you give him open a door crack, he's trying to bust it in. But I'm here to tell you when when Jesus is knocking at the door, you have to open it wide, And it's an act of your will. But to do that, and then you begin to to, uh, uh, be a partaker of the kingdom. I'm going to tell you one of the very first things you do. How many of you here have repented? That's just saying, God, forgive me. How many of you here haven't repented? You don't have to raise your hand, but let's do that right now. Listen, I want you to pray. Father, my sins are before me, and they are many. And I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me. Forgive me for living a selfish life. Lord, I, I want to live the life that you called me and created me to live. I trust in the blood that you shed right now. Come on, if you have never prayed that, you're praying that prayer right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, my faith is in you. Hallelujah. Listen, that is, that, that is a great step. That's, that's opening the door to him. But, but it's, it's not enough to just have the knowledge that he did all of these things. I'm here to tell you, God wants to literally bring you into a newness of life. Not. There's so many times people think because they, they have this belief in God that that's all that it requires when the reality of it is Christ wants to be in you. So we are having, because we've been talking about this with a few of you, but we are scheduling a baptismal service, all right? And in doing that, there's some of you here, you know, that you know you need to be baptized. And so we're just going to tell you when we're going to be there, and then we're going to get you there. Okay? Right. Obviously, it's got to be your choice. But uh, I'm going to do the best to convince you that it is a time to do it that's now. You know, you can want, wait for the, you know, the alignment of the stars and all that, and it, that doesn't matter. Right? We're going to do it at the river. Uh, if there's enough of us there, you know we're gonna just we're gonna just celebrate, and uh, uh, I know there's at least four, five, six of you that need it, and uh, so. But what does that do? Say, why would why is it so important to be baptized? One, it's commanded, right? And um, in Mark chapter uh, 16, he says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, do you think you've you got to be baptized to be saved? I'm just telling you, the Scripture says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It's not, well, well, what happens if I die before I'm baptized? Well, I don't judge any of that. But what I do have is the command to baptize. Jesus said, go baptize. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to baptize. What so? What happens when somebody is baptized? Okay, somebody said it's an outward side of an inward work. I don't see that in the scripture. If if the Bible is the guardrails of our life, what happens in Romans chapter six? If you look at it in baptize, says Any, anyone? Don't you know that you that have been baptized have. Put on Christ. It's literally what you said that last night of our fast. The, the image of God wants to be lived out in us. I, here's what happens. We're wanting to point people to Jesus. And Jesus is one to point people to us. You're going to think I'm weird. I'm on the very edge of being a heretic here. Okay? But I'm telling you what, that's where the truth is. Paul was called a heretic, different one. I'm I'm going to tell you, there is some traditions that are going to fall, and we're going to walk in what is true. And when you are, does it not say, well, let's look it up. Or you can look it up later. It says, if you any man. Uh, when you're baptized, you literally you take on the name of Jesus. That's why I just I think that's so important. When when I uh, married Nick and uh, uh, I was going to get there, I almost said Amanda, but I got to it. Uh, I pronounced them husband and wife. I'd forgotten Nick's last name. So, uh, because it's always Nick. You know, half of you don't know your last name. I just brother. When I call you brother, it's because I don't know your name at all. So, I'm saying, yeah, I pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. I thought, oh, no, I got to pronounce them, you know, Mr. and Mrs. And so, I go to the best man. I said, hey, what's his last name? Sorry, Nick. I love you, but at the end of the day, that, that to me, when they become Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Nicholas, right? Nichols. Nichols, okay, I still didn't have it right. Mr. and Mrs. Nichols, there was a, a two becoming one, and, and to me, that covenant that was made there, in, in uh, baptism, when you take on the name of Jesus... That puts us in the same family. It's not just you. Do, do you realize when he talked to the church in Philadelphia, he talked to the church. When you're baptized, you're baptized into the family of God. We're baptized into Christ. And so now we're members of one body. You act so, when you act so separate. And, and, and there's a, that rugged individualism in our American culture that does not work right. in the body of Christ, where you're a Lone Ranger or you're the John Wayne of the movie. It's, he is our hero. Yeah. And we get to participate. And when he elevates what he did Monday night at the track, Elevated my brother, why? Because the power of the Spirit worked through him. It doesn't mean that we're all walking around the same with any one of us. Mm, listen to me. If we want to see the glory of God, we got to have both feet on the ground and walk with stability and, and not get all whacked out because you know God used us in healing. It ought to happen. We shouldn't be surprised. Nicole, did you get healed? Oh my God, God did something. It's like it ought to be the other way around. Why, why, didn't, why didn't you get healed? We have been so conditioned to failure and, 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 and faithlessness. But I'm here to tell you what, because God's putting something together. And what he's set before us church is an open door. He has set before and the idea why I know it's God's open door is because I am not excited to go through it. It's not like, oh boy, we get to do this. It's like, oh boy. The seriousness of what God is bringing upon the church in the day that we live, it's sobering. Do you realize when when Paul, when Saul got knocked off the horse in Acts chapter nine, blinded, he said, "Who are you, Lord?" He said, "I'm Jesus. Who you're persecuting?" And and he said, "You go to Ananias, and uh, I'll show you. You know, you get there, and he's going to pray for you, and uh, you're going to receive your sight because you're blinded right there. Could God have restored?" Saul's sight right there on the road. Yeah. But he said, you go to Ananias, and Ananias is going to do it. I'll tell you more in the future. But uh, So, Ananias uh, is hanging out at the house. Don't even know if he's in prayer. The Lord speaks to him and says, hey, I'm sending Saul to you. I want you to pray for him that his sight would return. And, uh, you know... Preach the gospel to him, all that stuff. And I says, I, what, why? This guy's a bad. This guy's bad. And, and Jesus says to Ananias, he said, don't worry. He said, I gotta, I'm going to tell him what great things he's going to suffer for my name. What great things. Oh, wow, won't you like that calling? Isn't that exciting? But I'm here to tell you, if you're not willing to suffer with him, you're not going to reign with them. Ooh, I got, all right, I probably shouldn't go this deep into it, but listen to this. Um, why were the disciples, why were the apostles, and many of the other in the other church, why were they martyred? What do you think? Well, because they were, you know, carrying a message. I'm going to tell you this. They were dangerous people. That's why the spirit of the age had to, the only way to stop them was to kill them. You know, we're thinking that the martyrdom that's coming, you know, or that's been around is because, well, people just hate God and they're going to kill people that love God. Now, they could care less whether we love God or not, they could care less about the message because it's just a message. But I'm going to tell you what's going to stir them up is the power of God being manifest in our life. And man, oh man, it is going to cause you to be attractive to some and absolutely repulsive to others. And that will bring the glory of God and suffering at the same time. So, I say, wow, wow. What are you inviting us to that? <laughs> I tell you what. What's coming up on this world, I would rather suffer with Jesus. What's coming upon the day and the generations that are, you know, upon right now, I'm here to tell you something. There is, there is a call that we, in, in a, of the will of God in our lives, in the generation that's before us. We've been called specifically to this time, and, and God's calling us to stand. So what I'm telling you, Laodicea, those of you that have never opened the door, Open the door. I know. (laughs) And I almost said it. Why would you not open the door to him? Are you going to make him knock and knock and knock? What are you waiting for? Some of you think, well, I've already opened the door. No, you haven't. You've opened the door to religion. You haven't opened the door to a relationship with Him that's life changing. You either say, "Well, I don't want to be baptized." Well, okay, you're not opening the door because that's what He's caught. if that's what He's asked you to do, why not do it? So you open the door, and then as you do that, that relationship that grows. What do you? What will happen is you grow in relationship with Him, and how that what that looks like is we grow. In relationship with you, we, we just, you know, there's a bond. There is a bond here, about the and the only reason that there's a bond here is because Jesus is the one that we look to. I mean, there's some of you we wouldn't be hanging out. Not that nobody's better than, but you know, I'm just a redneck from Gansford. And, and, uh, and some of you, you know, there are various stages and places in your life, but, but the idea of what brings us together is, is the name of Jesus, because we've all been, in, we're in Christ in a new creation. So, so, those of you that have not opened the door, please, today, open it, those of you and I'm telling you why there is an open door before. One of us, Jesus is, one, the, the church where Jesus is standing, knocking on the door. The other, in Philadelphia, because of the unity of the Spirit, the Lord said, I set before you an open door. And So we're looking into this open door that He opened and is not going to be shut. And we got to make a choice to walk through it. We have to. And I'm not telling you all of us are going to have the same gifts and the same glory of God revealed in our lives, but it's going to happen here. And what we need is for all of us to go, all of us to go. He is not calling you individually to go through that door. In fact, he's going to wait till we're all ready and we step through it together. Because that's just the way he operates. Because it's the, and I'm talking way out there, hang on. Because it's the unity of the spirit that's going to keep you safe. Without it, you're not safe. All right, chew on that for a minute. And uh, and I got way way more as he reveals some stuff to me, but I, I want to check it with the leadership first, so they tell me not to go too far. But I tell you, we haven't gone far enough, and we're going. And and I'm excited, but I'm asking you. Say, oh, this is all scary. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to. No, you're going to you're going to feel relieved of your guilt and shame when you knock on the door. He's going to take care of you. He he's going to love you unconditionally. He's going to give you a hope that just this world cannot give. And you say, well, I I'm not ready to surrender my life. Well you know what, I don't understand how people live in the day that we you know, in our, in our humanity without a hope. What's going to happen in the future? I'm just thinking, you know, we're talking time and uh, Bren's going out to celebrate her, her mom's 80th birthday, you know, and man, how fast time goes. And we're here just in the blink of an eye. I said, it's been a year since my dad's been gone. My mom's gone. It's like, wow, all of a sudden, what happened? But that's just life. We're here temporarily. But God's given us something that's eternal. And man, oh man, you talk about, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take any suffering that comes our way. To be a part of something so amazing. And so powerful, so fulfilling. And this is not religion. This is a relationship that's real. So stand with me. <clears throat> All right, so let, let's just, I know we've already prayed, but if you need a healing in your body, I need you to come down here. Please, please don't wait. Just come on. If you need a healing in your body, come on down. <clears throat> what I'm about to do. As we declare healing, how many need it? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. All right. How many have prayed for healing? Something, somehow, I just feel like um, every once in a while we connect with a healing. But more often than not, it doesn't happen. And to be honest with you, when you guys started going off on your little, little, it wasn't that I was frustrated. It was the reality is I've been there, and man, I, I wanted God to heal, and I've gone, and I believe, I know it's true. And I've been saying, God, why why hasn't it been happening? Why? you know, so the not frustration, but kind of disappointment. Now I'm excited that you're you're excited about it, but I've been there and it's like I prayed for people and they didn't get healed. What I believe he told me this week, he said, quit praying for them. prayers for healing. What I'm asking when I'm going what I've asked so many times is Lord Jesus, would you hear heal Kelly? So that when Kelly wouldn't healed, I'd say, well, Jesus didn't come through. But somehow in it all, when Jesus gives the gifts of healing, I believe he expects us to heal. Weird. He expects us. All right, so I'm going to, how many are getting baptized here in the near future? Come on, I see your hand. Lift them up. All. all right, one, two, three, four, five. All right, I got them. Come on. All right, so here's the deal. I am not going to ask Jesus to baptize you. Because I've been, we've been given the commandment to baptize. So I'm going to go in faith. When I speak the name of Jesus, and I am obedient to his command in my life, I'm going to baptize you. Well, you know what he did? He commanded us to heal. He did. He told them, go heal the sick. He told his disciples. And he said, in my name, all these things are going to happen. So... What what I believe, okay, and if I am totally wrong, I'll come back up here and repent and ask you to forgive me. But if I'm right, we're going to see the glory of God. And and I'm not saying if if the gifts of healing aren't resident in me, somebody in this congregation has them, and you need to start praying different. You need to speak it. That healing, if I'm in Christ... Okay, this is weird. Does that make me Jesus? No. But if I'm in Christ, I'm a part of the body, and collectively, here, the gifts of the Spirit, the greater things that we shall do. Isn't that what he said? You're going to do greater things. We've we done all kinds of weird stuff with that, but I, I, and it's scary. And we're, we're gonna we're we're gonna try. But I'm gonna try this. I'm going to do this. But the idea, and I want you to have those gifts, because now the responsibility is on us. I don't want that responsibility. That's a door. I don't want to walk in that responsibility. But that's what he's asking us to do. And so I say I don't want it. I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to take it on, and and we're going to get to the place where healing is not like, oh, wow, what a shock, you were healed. It's like, hang on, let me see if I'm going way too late. Nope, I am, sorry. Uh, They bring a boy to to his disciples, devil possessed, had all kinds of things going on. They they, uh, couldn't do it. They go to Jesus. Jesus said, hey, we couldn't do this. And Jesus goes over, rebukes him, rebukes the devil, heals the boy, and the disciples asked the question. You know what they asked? Why couldn't we do that? That's what they asked. It wasn't, Lord, why didn't you do that through us? It was, why couldn't we do that? I'm going to tell you what. We can do all things through Christ and uh, just so Father today as we pray these prayers as as we give you the glory as we take our rightful spot in the body of Christ Lord I I am going to speak healing today and others around us here we're going to declare as Peter and John did at at the gate they said uh, silver and gold have I none but such as I have what they had and today today, God you put healing you put healing and so we're going to speak that tonight as we say today as we say okay I want you all to show me your hands every one of us do you have hands the scripture says if you lay hands on the sick they will recover all you have to have are hands and knowing that the word of God is true All right, come on, let's be a part of healing right now. We're not questioning whether he will or not. He will. Let's us do what he's asked us to do. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.